0: Hello, Hopeful. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible. Here, we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. Welcome. Can we go big picture for a moment and think about a theme that is found from Genesis to Revelation? And here's a factoid for you. Marriage, when you look at theology, particularly from a systematic theology perspective, marriage is actually part of the theology of the church. Catch this from the Lexham Survey of Theology. Marriage is a principal image in the scriptures for describing the binding covenantal relationship between Yahweh and Israel, and again, between Christ and the church. And there's a long list of scriptures supporting that. Now catch this next part. The foremost idea conveyed through this image is not sexual union, but complete steadfastness, fidelity, and loyalty. It is on the basis of Yahweh's fidelity to his people that the people of God are to understand the permanent and comprehensive union that is the human marriage. My friends, here's our theme today. Response to the sin that causes us to fall short of that intended permanent marriage bond requires rescue. And just like that, <laughs> we get to episode 2131 and today we've got a longer Old Testament segment to get through, but I'm trying to connect the parts, right? Because we're going to get to uh in our Old Testament segment, one of the most epic sections of the whole Bible. And I'm not even talking about just the Old Testament. I'm talking about the whole Bible. And I'll be honest, Since I do this every day, I can't dig in like it's a sermon or a class, but I think there's a connection between God's rescue at Passover that we're going to read about in the Old Testament and God's intent in marriage. Here's why that's going to make sense. Turning to our New Testament segment, the timing in this conflict you're going to hear about with Jesus and the religious leaders is right in the middle of several chapters in Matthew talking about what the Christian life is or should be, like. And right in the middle is marriage, the central relationship in both material and spiritual reality. Matthew chapter 19 When Jesus had finished saying these things, he departed from Galilee and went to the region of Judea across the Jordan. Large crowds followed him and he healed them there. Some Pharisees approached him to Test him. They asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife on any grounds? Haven't you read? Jesus replied, That he who created them in the beginning made them male and female. And he also said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one flesh therefore what god has joined together let no one separate why then they asked him did moses command us to give divorce papers and send her away and he told them moses permitted you to divorce your wives because of the hardness of your hearts but it was not like that from the beginning I tell you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality, and marries another, commits adultery. Now Jesus' disciple said to him, If the relationship of a man with his wife is like this, it's better not to marry. And Jesus responded, Not everyone can accept this saying, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born that way from their mother's womb, there are eunuchs who were made by men and there are eunuchs who have made themselves that way because of the kingdom of heaven. The one who is able to accept it should accept it. Now my friends, that gets us up through verse 12 and that's about as far as... And I wish we could dig in because there's some there's some good stuff there. But did you hear Jesus' response, right? Number one, when they... When they uh, tested Jesus, his response wasn't to deal with the context or was to deal with the context of current reality that deals with sin by going back to the original design before sin, right? What's our theme today? Response to the sin that causes us to fall short of the intended permanent marriage bond requires rescue so this is me kind of mashing two things together now we're uh, a few days away in the book of matthew from the passover celebration in jerusalem that jesus is heading towards but today is the day we hear about where this came from in the book of exodus now remember god's heart is that you the bride of christ right here and now will experience union with him ultimately perfectly when we get to the end of the book right the book of revelation go to heaven union with christ is the goal what are we dealing with now response to the sin that causes us to fall short of the intended permanent marriage bond requires rescue we pick up in exodus keep that in mind exodus picking up in chapter 10 This is the uh, eighth plague. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his officials, so that I may do these miraculous things of mine among them, and so that you may tell your son and grandson how severely I dealt with the Egyptians and performed miraculous signs among them, and you will know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh and told him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews says. How long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go that they may worship me. But if you refuse to let my people go, then tomorrow I will bring locusts into your territory. They will cover the surface of the land so that no one will be able to see the land. They will eat the remainder left to you that escaped the hail, and they will eat every tree that you have growing in the fields. They will fill your houses, all your officials' houses, and the houses of all the official uh, Egyptians, something your fathers and grandfathers never saw since the time they occupied the land until today. And then he turned and left Pharaoh's presence. And Pharaoh's officials asked him, How long must this man be a snare to us? Let the men go, so that they may worship the Lord their God. Don't you realize yet that Egypt is devastated? So Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh. Go, worship the Lord your God, Pharaoh said. But exactly who will be going? Moses replied, We will go with our young and with our old. We will go with our sons and with our daughters. We will go with flocks and our herds because we must hold the Lord's festival. And Pharaoh said to them, The Lord would have to be with you if I would ever let you and your families go. Look out. You're headed for trouble. No, go, just able-bodied men, go worship the Lord since that's what you want. And they were driven from Pharaoh's presence. The Lord then said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt and the locusts will come up over it and eat every plant in the land, everything that the hail left. So Moses stretched out his staff over the land of Egypt And the Lord sent an east wind over the land all that day and through the night. By morning, the east wind had brought in the locusts. The locusts went up over the entire land of Egypt and settled on the whole territory of Egypt. Never before had there been such a large number of locusts, and there never will be again. They covered the surface of the whole land so that the land was black, and they consumed all the plants on the ground and all the fruit on the trees that the hail had left. Nothing green was left on the trees or the plants in the field throughout the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh urgently sent for Moses and Aaron and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Please forgive my sin once more and make an appeal to the Lord your God so that he will just take this death away from me. Moses left Pharaoh's presence and appealed to the Lord. Then the Lord changed the wind to a strong west wind. And it carried off the locusts and blew them into the Red Sea. Not a single locust was left in all the territory of Egypt, but... The Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he still did not let the Israelites go. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand toward heaven, and there will be darkness over the land of Egypt, a darkness that can be felt. So Moses stretched out his hand toward heaven, and there was thick darkness throughout the land of Egypt... For three days one person could not see another and for three days they didn't move from where they were yet all the israelites had light where they lived pharaoh summoned moses and said go worship the lord even your fam, even your families may go with you only your flocks and herds must stay behind moses responded you must also let us have sacrifices and burnt offerings to prepare for the lord our god Even our livestock must go with us. Not a hoof will be left behind, because we will take some of them to worship the Lord our God. We will not know what we will use to worship the Lord until we get there. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he was unwilling to let them go. And Pharaoh said to them, Leave me. Make sure that you never see my face again, for on the day you see my face, you will die. As you have said, Moses replied. I will never see your face again. The Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After that, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will drive you out from here. Now, announce to the people that both men and women should ask their neighbors for silver and gold items. The Lord gave People favor with the Egyptians. And in addition, Moses himself was very highly regarded in the land of Egypt by Pharaoh's officials and the people. So Moses said, this is what the Lord says, about midnight, I will go throughout Egypt and every firstborn male in the land of Egypt will die from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne to the firstborn of the servant girl who is at the grindstones, as well as every firstborn of the livestock then there will be a great cry of anguish through, all the, through the land of Egypt, such as never was heard before or will ever be again. But against all the Israelites, whether people or animals, not even a dog will snarl, so that you may know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. All these officials of yours will come down to me and bow before me, saying, Get out, you and all the people who follow you. And after that, I will get out. And he went out from Pharaoh's presence, fiercely angry. The Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you, so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. And Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let the Israelites go out of his land. All right, my friends, this is... Exodus 12. This is important stuff. Here we go. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month is to be the beginning of months for you. It is the first month of your year. Pause. What did God just tell Moses and Aaron? I am marking time with this being your new beginning. Are you with me? Right? What happens when you become a believer, my friends? You pass from death to life. You have a new beginning, right? It's like you become a baby again, right? That is the whole born again thing. Important. Continuing. This is the month to be the beginning of months for you. It is the first month of your year, God said. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, they must each select an animal of the flock according to their father's families, one animal per family. If the household is too small for the whole animal, that person and the neighbor nearest his house are to select one based on the combined number of people, you should apportion the animal according to what each will eat. You must have an unblemished animal, a year old male, and you may take it from either the sheep or the goats. You are to keep it until the 14th day of this month, then the whole assembly of the community of Israel will slaughter the animal at twilight. They must take some of the blood, and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the house where they eat them. They are to eat the meat that night. They should eat it, roasted it over fire, along with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or cooked in boiling water, but only roasted over fire, its head as well as its legs and inner organs. You must not leave any of it until morning. Any part of it left until morning you must burn. And here is how you must eat it. You must be dressed for travel your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You are to eat it in a hurry. It is the Lord's Passover. I will pass through the land of Egypt that night and strike every firstborn male of the land of Egypt, both people and animals. I am the Lord. I will execute judgments against all the gods of Egypt. The blood on the houses where you are staying will be a distinguishing mark for you. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. No plague will be among you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Pause. Why is God passing over when he comes to strike the firstborn? Pass over. See where we get that word? The blood will be... The distinguishing mark for you when I see the blood, I will pass over you. My friends, what do we have with Jesus? The perfect lamb, covered with his blood, passed over for judgment, meaning we receive mercy because of what Jesus did. You with me? Okay, we're going to come back to that. God continues. This day is to be a memorial for you and you must celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. You are to celebrate it throughout your generations as a permanent statute. You must eat unleavened bread for seven days. On the first day, you must remove yeast from your houses. Whoever eats what is leavened from the first day through the seventh day must be cut off from Israel and you are to hold a sacred assembly on the first day and another sacred assembly on the seventh day. No work may be done on those days except for preparing what people need to eat you may do only that. You are to observe the festival of unleavened bread because on this very day I brought your, who? I brought your military divisions out of the land of Egypt. He's speaking like in past tense. I brought your past tense. I brought your military divisions out of the land of Egypt. Has he done this yet for Moses and Aaron? No. Interesting, huh? You are to observe the festival of unleavened bread on this very day, I brought your military divisions out of the land of Egypt. You are to observe this day throughout your generations as a permanent statute. You are to eat unleavened bread in the first month from the evening of the 14th day of the first month until the evening of the 21st day. Yeast must not be found in your houses for seven days. If anyone eats something leavened, that person, whether a resident alien or native of the land, must be cut off from the community of Israel. Don't eat anything leavened. Eat unleavened bread in all of your homes." Then Moses summoned all of the leaders of Israel and said to them, Go, select an animal from the flock according to the families and slaughter the Passover animal take a cluster of hyssop dip it in the blood that is in the basin and brush the lintel and the two doorposts with some of the blood in the basin none of you may go out the door of his house until morning when the lord passes through to strike egypt and sees the blood on the lintel and the two doorposts he will pass over the door and not let the destroyer enter your houses to strike you keep this command permanently as a statute for you and your descendants and when you catch this And when you enter the land that the Lord will give you as he promised, you are to observe this ceremony. When your children ask you, What does this ceremony mean to you? You are to reply to him, It is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord. For he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and he spared our homes. So the people knelt low and worshipped. Then the Israelites went and did this. They did just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. And my friends, the very next line, that gets us up through verse 28. And that's where we're going to pause today. The very next line says, now at midnight, the Lord struck every firstborn male in the land of Egypt. And we will pick up there tomorrow. My friends, um, what, what is God's heart? We saw earlier in the book of Exodus, I will be your God and you will be my people. What is God's heart? You can't rescue yourselves. I'm going to rescue you. Why? Because I want to be with you. I want to bless you. Now, of course, we decided we don't want to be blessed on his terms, but the creator of the universe said, I want to be with you. We see this in Genesis chapter 1, and we see it in Revelation chapter 22. My friends, in the middle, response to the sin that causes us to fall short of the intended permanent marriage bond, both in material this life terms and in permanent big picture terms. Both of those require rescue. Thank you, Lord, for coming after us even when we were enemies to you. Lord, I prayed that you would help this just sink in, Lord. I'm just taking two random chunks of text from the New Testament and the Old Testament and trying to tie them together with the big picture theme of Scripture, Lord. And if there's anything, Lord, that I said that's wrong, would you just strike it from the memories of, of all listening here? But Lord, if there is something here that you want us to see, Lord, I pray that it would be you that is seen. Lord, not me as a teacher, not my words, Lord, but your words. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.